Welcome to Troblack TV's weekly podcast where we feature the world's most extreme athletes. This week we're featuring Margot Hayes, one of the few women in the world that has climbed a 9A slash 514D with the most recent ascent of the Bad Girls Club. At the age of 18, Margot has proven to be a major tour de force, not only with her extraordinary climbing abilities, but with her philosophical approach towards life. It gives me great pleasure and honor to have this conversation. Margot, welcome to our show. No, thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity and thanks for being so patient with me. <laughs> it's been a, uh, well, a lot going on. I bet, I bet, and we can't wait to hear all about it. Um, you know, first of all, uh, major kudos on your Bad Girls Club ascent. That's just so awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a great experience. I bet. I mean, like, for the longest time, it's just really just been, not the longest time, but uh, it's been just the boys' club. And to have a woman actually step up to the plate and send it, and from what I've read, uh sound like you did it in pretty short time as well. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was a big goal of mine. You know, my initial goal wasn't to become the first woman to complete the climb, but it was exciting to break into the boys' club, I guess. You know, um, I basically, my goal was because I wanted Bad Girls Club to be my first 9A because I'd heard so much about it over the past few years. And, you know, irregardless of whether it had been sent by a woman or not. But, I mean, that was, you know, that came along with it, which was great. Well, how's that feel being a member of this elite club now? Um, It feels good. I'm, you know, I, it's really an honor to have completed a climb that all of these really incredible accomplished men have done. Now that you've uh, done this and you're the first female to do it, do you think that this is going to inspire other women to do the same? Um, yeah, I think so. You know, um, I think that there are a lot of women and men who are trying certain climbs and, whether or not they're the first man to do it or the first woman to do it, I think it's important that you, you know, you, your main source of motivation is the line itself. And um, a lot of inspiration for me comes from the history with a climb or knowing who put it up or wanting to learn about, you know, how it came to be. Mm-hmm. What inspired you about the line? Um, well, I had heard about it back in, um, you know, several years ago when Maddie Hong got the first descent of it. I knew that Joe Kinder had put up the route. You know, he gives so much to the climbing community by putting up so many awesome lines that, you know, people get to enjoy. And so I really... You know, that's really admirable. But anyway, um, Maddie Hong got the first ascent of it, and I remember that. I was really young, and so I'd always kind of had that climb in my mind. And then this year, this season in Rifle, you know, I had some goals to try different routes, and I got really excited on the crew. And so that was my initial goal. And then after that, I said to myself when I went back to Rifle, well, I want to try Bad Girls Club. So Right on. So what yeah. talk about the route itself? What was that like for you? Did you have to do a completely um, different beta than everyone else? Not completely.
completely different beta. I think I definitely found um, different sequencing that worked for, you know, my body size and my strength. And, um, for instance, at the top there is uh, the hardest part of the climb is the top boulder. And I asked I actually asked around, like, uh, I asked John Cardwell and what the beta was because I was a little bit stuck there. I was like, I've done it once, but now I can't repeat it. And he sent me the video of all of them boys, you know, Joe Kinder, right when the route had been put up. And so I watched that beta, and I tried that. It didn't end up working for me. It was a bit too powerful. So... I found another way to do it. I did use the initial, the left knee scum, but I found, I went directly up with my right hand to, um, it's a really bad hold. I went straight up to that rather than using another big move to get into it. And that's what ended up working out for me. So I think it, you know, it gives and takes a little bit. So maybe that move might've been harder, but then it made the next move easier amazing how different people can find different ways to, you know, complete the same climb. Did you train specifically for that climb? Um, I didn't really train specifically for it. I definitely, after I'd been up there once, I knew that it was powerful. And so I trained more bouldering than I had been. And I think that that definitely benefited me the next time I went up to try the climb. I felt the difference. Is there anything that you do specifically that's a... you know, you could share with other climbers of how you got so incredibly strong? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I listen to my body most of all. I mean, there is a certain point where you can, your body's tired and you're like, oh, well, I could just stop training now and, you know, rest for <laughs> a few days. But you have to know the difference between when your body really needs rest and when you need to push through and train harder. And so I think that, um, making sure avoiding serious injury is probably the number one thing, you know, preventatively, you know, stretching out your hands, icing, massaging, et cetera. I do, I do some yoga and I cross train as well because I think it's good to balance your training and not just climb, although mm-hmm. primarily for my training for competition and outdoor climbs, I do climb in the gym. But I think that, you know, for endurance, I like to do a lot of laps. I stay on the wall for a really long time. And then also for power, you know, I I boulder quite a bit as well. And I think it's important to have fun because at the point when you're not having fun, I think you lose that spark when you're on the wall. And I think that at least for myself, when I'm happy on the wall and when I'm enjoying what I'm doing, working towards a goal, that's when I'm getting stronger, whether it be physical or psychological. Yeah. No, I tell people that all the time. Um, just keep it fun because the moment you stop having yeah. fun, it's over. You, you're going to burn out and you'll yeah. no longer be climbing. Agreed. Yeah, that's why I think it is important to I take, I take breaks. So I take weeks off at a time, you know throughout the year to, A, avoid injury. And also, I think even if you don't feel, you know, tired of training, I think it's important to step away because then when you come back, you're more excited and motivated to get back to it. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, (laughs) for sure. 
So how many what years you have you been climbing? Oh, my Sorry. God. Um, no, um, <laughs> this happens all the time. Um, I've, I've been climbing for uh, maybe going on almost 40 years now. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. Yeah, no, I, I, I had a late start, though. I didn't start climbing um, I'm almost 61. And so I started mm-hmm. climbing when I was 22. And climbing has, Not too late yeah, to start. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I look at these kids now. I go to the climbing gym, and they're starting at you know five, six years old, and they're in climbing teams, and they're training. I know specifically yeah. for climbing with coaches and everything else. And I'm going, oh my god, if I had been exposed to that, wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's I think changed that so much. Exactly, climbing is such a broad genre, but there are you know different specifics, and I think the whole competition scene is becoming a lot more. I guess it will always be unique from other sports, but it is becoming more mainstream in a way. Depends what what you want in climbing, and I mean there are so many different disciplines that I don't think that the fact the sport is becoming more mainstream in a way takes away from any other aspect of rock climbing. Oh, not in the least. In fact, if anything, I think it has improved the quality of climbing in many, many ways. I mean, I'm old enough to look back on what it was like back during the, they call it today. Um, I would, I would never trade those days for today. And the reason yeah. is that we have so many opportunities that we didn't have before. There's more climbers that have been developing climbs all over the world. So we can travel anywhere in the world and there's places to climb that really wasn't available to us before. And just the mind space of just how climbers think now, um, back during the so-called day, um, there was just like all these just ethic wars that were going on. It was okay to use chalk by some people and not okay to use chalk. I mean, and then they would give you shit for using Fire rubber. Um, because yeah. that was, that was cheating and chalk was cheating. And, and if you put a bolt mm-hmm. on repel, uh, they'd chop it on you. I had a number of routes chopped. So there oh was all goodness. this, all this stuff going on that just was t- distracting you from why you got into climbing in the first place. And now people are just into climbing just for the, the movement. And to yeah. me, that's what got me into climbing in the first place. I just, one, I love being outdoors because it wasn't indoor climbing, but I, I love the movement. And I love the physical challenge of, of of testing yourself on something that if you didn't uh, wasn't in good enough physical shape, you're going to get spat off real quick. And so it, it, it trained me also for the mind. That's the part that I really enjoyed about climbing was the mind aspect of it. Yeah, it's so important, definitely. The mind rules over the body mm-hmm. 10 times out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, which, which do you think is more important to you, the, your mind or your body? Um, definitely my mind. Yeah, my mind is, I feel like when you have your mind in the right headspace, you know, you can make your body do anything that you want to. So regardless of pump or, you know, I think your mind can overpower your body. It's incredible to see what you can do when you're in that magical place. Yeah, is there a particular technique you use? Um, I meditate and I I focus on my breath a lot. So I visualize often. The Bad Girls Club. 
Did you sit there and meditate and just visualize your sequence? Yeah, I I probably did Bad Girls Club, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times in my head before I ever sent or even came close to sending. And working out the moves? Yep, I work out the moves. Um, after I get on a climb once and um, try it, normally I have it memorized in my brain. And I can feel the movement, too. It's almost a visualization where I can feel it in my body as well. Not just am I seeing it, but I'm feeling it. And so I think that's really helpful. Yeah, I do the same. Is there a particular technique you use in your meditation? Is there a kind of meditation you do? Um, I don't know if I could put a name or a label on it, but I focus on my breath because I think bringing it back to your core and your center is really important. Spoken like a true yogi. Because <laughs> it, it, it is all about your breath. Yeah. And it's amazing how quickly you can calm your mind when you're in a stressful situation, just focus yeah. on the breathing. I think, and definitely I feel like I can wake myself up and I can calm myself down. And it's all about, you know, how you use your breath and where your mind is. When in the middle of a crux, you're feeling yourself flame out. Do you have to ever, if you find yourself in a position where you're battling negative thoughts? Yeah, sometimes doubts come in. And I think this is something that, you know, meditation has taught me is that you can't stop your thoughts from coming in. But your thoughts will just, you can just let them pass by and not pay attention because you, you know, I was taught you are not your thoughts. And I think overpowering that doubt and having either a mantra or just positive energy and saying, no, I can do this. Or, I mean, I even, I talk to myself on the wall a lot. <laughs> Sometimes it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> But I think we I all do. Yeah, I talk to myself, but sometimes it's a little bit out loud, and I'm like, oh, did I say that aloud? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you find, catch yourself saying? Um, just like, I don't know. It depends. I don't even know if I could pinpoint it, but definitely positive things, you know, believing in myself. I think often when you're in a cruxy situation, you you doubt. And sometimes it would just be easier to give up, but mm -hmm. by pushing through for another moment, it's always worth it in the end. Yeah. I, I tell people to uh, focus on training while they're pumped because oftentimes I see so many people just say, take the moment they start to feel a pump. And that's no, actually the time you that you really push the harder. Through it. Exactly. exactly. And sometimes just making another move and, being in a different position, your arms will, you know, start feeling better. They'll start recovering. I've heard you say that uh, you wanted a climb that would hone in on your weaknesses. What do you think is your weakness? Um, well, I think that, you know, my weaknesses in the past was mostly, it was mostly mental because I think I let more doubts control me. But now I feel like I've learned to believe in myself. And that has made a huge difference in my competition climbing as well as my outdoor accomplishments. Interesting. 
So your yeah. weakness was your doubts, and you made that into your strength. Yeah. Fantastic. Do you see yourself competing in the Olympics coming up in 2020? Um, that's always, um, I mean, the Olympics is a dream of mine, and so, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I could um, definitely see you doing that. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's quite exciting that it has qualified and, you know, the Olympic Committee has recognized our sport. Yeah, and it gets back to what we're talking about. They've recognized because it's become more mainstream. Yep. One one of the bonuses. It's it's ironic because back in the 80s, um, when I was... um, Pushing climbing competitions and, and uh-huh. helped helped um, you know I built the wall for Snowbird uh, when we had our first climbing competition and I was saying that back then that uh, the day would come when I would see competitions happening all over the country and all over the world and eventually it would be in the Olympics and there was a few people who were saying that I was the Antichrist that you know I was destroying the sport and all that uh, yeah there's definitely <laughs> and here we are. There's yeah. definitely controversy, especially about the format, I feel like. So what do you think of the Mich- format, the bouldering, sport, and speed? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I love bouldering and I love sport climbing, and I don't have very much experience speed climbing at this point. So I think the format will, you know, it will force me to grow in that area. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Do you think the speed will be on lead? Um, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, back when um, we had snowboard competition, um, we had we built two uh, long. I mean, they were like 110 feet um, speed climbing walls, and you climbed them on lead. And we thought that that was going to be what was going to be the most exciting thing. Um, and mm-hmm. CBS decided that actually it was the big wall on lead, the difficulty that was going to be what they were going to film the most. Um, so I'm just curious. I haven't seen whether or not that they're going to have speed on top rope, which is what I've seen mostly, and I, I get kind of bored of it that. It looks to me like it will be the standard speed climbing on the 15-meter wall, mm-hmm. which is the standard route. That's the same every time. And, wow, it's amazing to watch some of the people speed climb this so fast. It looks unreal. Um, I <laughs> so I believe that's what the speed will be, and then the bouldering and sport will be as they are now, I believe. But, you know, even the format, I don't know if they can change it at this point, but it's possible they will. I'm not sure, but whatever it is, I think it's very exciting. Yeah. No, I mean, if they really want to make it exciting, they'd make it speed on lead and make it longer. Yeah, that would be pretty crazy. And then put it over water, right? Exactly. (laughs) And then you'd have Olympic Seco block. That would be really cool. Are you thinking about doing it next year? Um, I, I hope I can, yeah. Well, you definitely have the right mind space for that. It looks very exciting. <laughs> but I might be the person to down climb a little bit. <laughs> Before jumping off. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, you um, you trained with uh, Robin Eppensfield, I understand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember her during yeah. the day. Uh, she and Lynn Hill were the race. Incredible. And, yeah, yes. amazing. What was that like? So many indoor and outdoor accomplishments. 
Amazing. You know, Robin taught me about the sport of climbing as a whole. Um, when I began at ABC, I was very small, and I believe I was 10 years old, and the team was very small. It was like an extended family to me. And um, I fell in love with the entire team and the community of climbing. And, you know, it, Robin made it a lot of fun. We worked hard and we played hard. I wouldn't be where I am today without Robin. Wow, that's a nice thing to say. Yeah, um, I really wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, from everything I've uh, read and seen, that uh, Robin has inspired a lot of new climbers. Yeah. She's, you know, she's a very giving woman, and she has a lot to teach and a lot to share. Right on. Uh, do you have any interest in doing big walls, like uh, Golden Gate or Freerider? I'm definitely dreaming about big walls. They, they're they on my radar, I think, at some point in the future. I'm not sure when, but I'm thinking about them. You're thinking about them. I hope one day, yeah, my dad, my dad's a track climber. He um, used to climb a lot in Yosemite, so I think it would be really great to share a big wall experience with him. Oh, that'd be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, daughter, daughter and dad climbing a big wall, that'd be so cool. I think it'd be fun. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? In 10 years? Oh, that's kind of hard. Uh, well, <laughs> let's see. Firstly, a uh, university degree. I in, want to be bilingual. What? In what? Probably yeah. some sort of science. That's pretty broad, but I also love fine arts, so maybe science and arts. Cool, and sure. bilingual. <laughs> which, which language bilingual. would you uh, pick first? Um, French. I'm actually French. moving to Aix-en-Provence in a week. <laughs> and no I'll way. I'll be living there for several months studying French. So I'm really excited. Good for you. That's, that's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Um, and then let's see what else. Well, I want to, I know that whatever career path I choose, I want to work towards a better world because I think in so many ways we need more people who are willing to give to this earth and the people on it. So I don't know what exactly that will be and how I will, you know, take on that role, but I hope that it will happen. And then also having to do with climbing, you know, I want to continue setting and achieving goals. So (laughs) I guess that's a lot of different things and things can change, but at this point that's probably where I see myself. Yeah, setting and achieving goals, uh, I think is so important. A lot of people don't really set goals. And then once they do set a goal, they don't know how to go about achieving it. Is there a particular method that you found that is helping um, you well, achieve these goals? First of all, ever since, I think ever since I could write, I've been making goal lists. I write down my goals all the time, literally all the time. And I'll have, like, short-term goals, long-term goals, this week goals, today's goals, et cetera, um, dreams and what I want in the future, what I want to achieve. So I think, first of all, you need to be able to write it down or say it at least to yourself to be able to believe that it can happen. Um, and then as for achieving it, I think taking baby steps and not, not overcommitting. That's something that's so important. Well said. I, I've um, gone to a number of different seminars, and if you were in my 
office, you'd see a whiteboard that just has goals written all over it. <laughs> yeah, goals. And it's all storyboarded of how I'm going to achieve it, too. So I'm a big believer in that. I think that's important. Yeah. It's the, the process is what really matters. Right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, because you got and you got to enjoy the process, not just yeah, the, it's all the about end goal. The journey sounds cheesy, but it's so true. Yeah, well, and you know, a lot of people think, "Oh, yeah, that's over said." But you know what? It really is because you know I'm considerably older than everyone that I'm talking to, like you. Um, I'm old enough to probably be your dad's age, and <laughs> you know, and and I have to say that uh, the key to um, longevity of still enjoying the sport when you're 30, 40 years older um, is enjoying the journey because those goals that you set, you know, are achieved. And once you achieve it, what's next? Exactly. philosophy do you live by? Because you sound like you um, are very philosophical. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. But um, <laughs> definitely there's a line from my favorite poem. My favorite poem is Invictus by William Ernest Henley. He wrote the poem after he had an amputated leg because he had tuberculosis of the bone. And it was getting through that pain and not letting it hinder his life. And so Invictus means unconquered in Latin. Yes. In Latin. And so my favorite line from the poem is actually the very last poem. And it goes, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. So that's what I live by. <laughs> that is a good one. That was also uh, from a Robin Williams movie as well, I remember. The Dead Poets Society, oh, really? they talked about that. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's so true. I think it's incredible because no matter what, is on the outside, the environment you're in, or if there's negativity, or if you're going through something hard, you know, you, it's your decision whether you want it to control you or whether you want to control it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because none of us, when you really think about it, have any control of what the events happen around us, the weather, circumstances no. that we find ourselves in, but we have absolute control of how we respond to it. Yep. So cool. If you could have a conversation with any climber in the world, who would that be? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I can answer that question. That's a <laughs> tough one. Um, yeah. You know, there are so many. I don't think I could pick, uh, like pick a specific one. There are so many people that inspire me and who have done so much for our sport. So, yeah. I don't know. Who, who has inspired you the most? That's hard, too. There's so many people I can't name. <laughs> it's so many people. I wouldn't want to leave someone out. Yeah, I'm the same That's, way. The list would like be I'm about... Inspired. Yeah, like 40 pages long. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm inspired by, you know, people who have had really incredible accomplishments, um, as well as people who have given back to the community. And then also... You know, people I climb with every day, even if you're climbing with someone who you're stronger than or who isn't as experienced as you, I think you learn from them in different ways. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm just inspired by people who just have a great attitude. Yeah, me too. 
I love if they go out and they're just having a good time, and I don't care if they're just climbing 510. If they're having a good yes. time, they're fun to exactly. be Exactly. Yes. Training with people who are positive. Positivity mm-hmm. is probably my, one of my favorite things. <laughs> it's, yeah. I think it makes such a big difference, you know, because negative energy it's, has a ripple effect, and so does positive energy. So you might as well be positive. And spread spread the word. And finally, yeah. what what words of wisdom would you like to share with Triple Black community, especially with the women um, that want to climb like you? I think you know, believe in yourself, set goals, stay positive, and work hard. I'd say those are the four most important things in anything you do, whether mm-hmm. it's climbing or school or a different sport or art or music, those four things are the most important to me. So which were they again? Um, First of all, to believe in yourself. Number one. Yep. Second of all, to set goals. Set goals. Um, Third, to stay positive. Stay positive. I couldn't agree more. And four, to work hard. Yep. Yeah, because if you don't have those four, it's not going to happen. Mm-mm. I agree. <laughs> well, right on, Margo. I, I really am so inspired by you, um, and I know everyone else Thank is you, too. Dan. And, and we really, um, from all the way to California here, we're, like, cheering you on and just hope that uh, everything that you set your goals for, you're able to achieve. And down the road, we uh, hope that if you do decide to go to the Olympics, you do make it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for well, taking the time to talk to me. <laughs> Wow, that was amazing. Margot left us with so many takeaways, I'm not sure where to begin. But the one that really stuck with me, other than her unquenchable desire to make the world a better place, was her ability to focus on her goals with laser-like precision. As Margot shared with us, get in the habit of writing down your goals, both long-term and short-term, with a detailed list of baby steps that will guarantee your success. And if you find yourself in a stressful situation, and it doesn't have to relate to climbing, although I think we all agree, climbing is a metaphor for life. Try meditating with your attention focused on your breathing. And lastly, and this may sound like a cliche, but it couldn't be more true. Enjoy the journey. Life isn't just about achieving your goals, although nothing can be more rewarding. It's about enjoying each and every experience along the way, like enjoying this podcast and sharing it with your friends. Until next week, my friends, this is Dan Goodwin with Troblack TV, your entertainment source for extreme sports.